Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel here with Dad. And I'm Rick. What do you want to talk about today, Joel? Well, I wanted to continue with our parenting series because we have kind of discovered that parenting principles are life principles. Yeah, they apply to everything. Yeah, and I mean, principles are principles. And a lot yeah. of us, we maybe haven't been taught some of the principles that work in life. And we're wondering, you know, why do I keep doing this and getting this? Principles are you do this, you're going to get this. Yeah. And so parenting principles are really life principles. So I want to talk about that. And specifically, I want to talk today about this idea of how much should we sacrifice for our kids? Uh-huh. Uh, there, you know, I meet so many parents that say, man, I'm sacrificing to give my kids everything I never got growing up. You know, I, I never got the Air Jordans growing up, or mm-hmm. I never got to go to cheerleading camp growing up. So we're sacrificing so our kids get everything we never got. And the danger is, I, I kind of want, you know, you, you've heard of the cat versus the dog theology. The, the dog says, my owner feeds me. He takes care of me. He must be God. And then a cat says, my owner cares for me and feeds me. I must be God. I'm important. And yeah. with the wrong perspective, it's very yeah. easy to kind of start to think that you're the center of the universe. Right. Yeah. And I just wonder if some of the narcissistic behavior we see today is that parents in some ways are making the wrong sacrifice or maybe sacrificing too much for their kids when the kids really need to be the ones sacrificing to get in line yeah. with the family. So where is the line? Because I mean, no doubt, kids require sacrifice. Like it's kids. <laughs> yeah. are, kids are a hurricane. Like yeah. they just take over life if you're not careful. So where's the line between sacrifice for your kids, and then how much do the kids need to sacrifice for us? Yeah. Well, you know, as with many things in parenting, um, asking how much or how old or at what age or anything like that, it, it's that's the wrong question. Um, realizing that our kids are like living, growing beings, and so asking how much. It's kind of like asking how much water should I give this plant? And of course that all depends on the plant. You know, it depends on what kind of climates it in, what kind of plant it is, what, uh, what's the soil like, what's the temperature like. You have to kind of, you have to know the plant and you have to know the environment and adjust accordingly. And same thing with our kids. Uh, Proverbs talks about knowing the condition of our flock, being aware of their situation and, um, and adjusting accordingly. Cause kids have different personalities and one you might be able to really sacrifice a lot and provide for them and it's okay but with another all of a sudden everything becomes about me you know just some temperaments are more center self-focused anyway uh, right than and kids by nature are self-focused as well so that's i mean that's a good point every kid has a unique personality which kind of comes back to what we've been talking about throughout this whole series the you got to know what your kid and really it depends on paying attention to what your kid is like yeah and it's like paying attention to a plant. Put too much water in this one, it'll it'll uh, wash out. Put too much in another one, it'll you know it, it needs uh, needs a lot. Yeah. 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 And then you've got that, and then you've also got the issue of um, you just need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Like He's yeah. going to guide you at unique in each situation what yeah. you need to do. And, and that's where we, we talk about paying attention to your kid, and it doesn't take tremendous insight. I mean, you're going to, you're with them enough that if you'll just think about the fact of adjusting, not deciding what you would have liked or what you think would have been good for them, but paying attention to them. And you're, you're going to know. I, I don't want it to sound like this is such a rocket science type of thing that, oh, I got to be paying attention and having these great you know, Zen insights into my kid. It's, it's not. You're going to kind of know when they're getting a little self-focused and they're getting a little uh, selfish and so, and that's when you, you adjust and you work around those things. So how do you know, like, I mean, let's talk about some, I think some, one of the things the world has confused is what is the right 
you know, if, if your values are out of order, everything's out of order. Mm -hmm. So what is right. the right value system for what needs to be prioritized in a family? Because yeah. values, we always decide what we're going to sacrifice based on what we value. We right. naturally sacrifice for what we value. If you want to know what somebody values, look at what they do, not what they say or think right. or feel, because our actions automatically reveal what we value. We sacrifice naturally for what we value. If you, if you value a nice car, you're going to keep that thing clean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in your family, same thing. Our kids are watching. I've heard a lot of people say, why don't my kids listen to me? Well, they're too busy watching you. Yeah. What you do speaks louder than what you say. So what is the right order that we need to sacrifice for yeah. in terms of how the family comes, comes to play? Well, unfortunately, sometimes we don't, we're not aware of what we're actually saying to our kids. We think we're saying, we're saying something, but by our lives, we're demonstrating something else. And I think a good example of that is like, uh, many people I've seen in, to them, their their walk with God, it's like a ball they juggle. Okay, so I have I got all these balls in my life I have to juggle and I have to balance, and I'm trying to balance my career, balance that with my family, balance that with my recreational time or my my health, and balance all these things. And then I become a Christian. It's like boop, oh now I got another ball I have to juggle in here, and he's just another ball. We gotta gotta give time to the church, and gotta give time to our recreation, and gotta give time to my job, and gotta give time for the family, and it just becomes another ball that we're juggling instead of the the biblical idea is more like a solar system where he is the center of everything. He's the sun and everything we do revolves around him. Our, our, he's the center of everything. And when we, when we make him the center, then all of a sudden, um, well, what are we going to do on Sunday? Well, the people of God are gathering. And so we're not trying to juggle that with a soccer camp or not trying to juggle that with uh, other things we have going on, that's the center. When the people of God gather, we're going to gather. We're going to be there and we're, because that's who we are. Yeah. The we is bigger than the we. My family is important, but it's not the biggest we. The biggest we is we are part of a bigger family. We are part of the family of God. So you put that as your priority. That's a really good point because I see a lot of parents making that mistake unintentionally where they're mm -hmm. saying, where essentially soccer our church gets the same value. So if there's soccer that week, we got to go to the soccer game. Right. But if we're not going to soccer, then we'll go to church. So actually what you're saying is what's more important, what gets sacrificed is church for soccer. And that speaks volumes to people. What we, what we uh, yeah. do in, in, in uh, what is it? When we do in moderation, our children were doing excess. Yeah. So if we go to church in moderation, our church or don't go to church in moderation or whatever, our children will do that in excess. Yeah. And I see a lot of people, what you're basically saying to the kids is, well, soccer is just as important as church. Yeah, you and pick go, whatever's most yeah, convenient so, for you. What works for you right now? And I see some people say, well, if my kid doesn't do uh, weekend soccer ball, uh, soccer travel ball, they're never gonna get a college scholarship. And I'm saying, so then what you're saying is college and scholarship is more important than church. And they're yeah. like, well, it's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, actually, that is what you're saying yeah. because we sacrifice for what we value most. So whatever you're taking out of your life says what you value most is something what you keep in your life says what you value, what you, where you're willing to shove out of the way is what you sacrifice. So yeah. that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and um, I know it sounds like it's being very legalistic. Well, when church is happening, you should be at church and, and, it, and it can be if that's your attitude, but, but if your attitude is one of, Hey, God has done something. God has, our lives are all about him because there is no, there's no true meaning apart from him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all, it's all going to burn. It's all going to go away. It's all, it's all temporal. The only thing that's eternal is our walk with him and our relationship with him. And so we put a value on that, which is eternal. 
the people of God are gathering, we get the privilege of being a part of that and going to not only receive, but to give. And that's a big part of it. If all you're doing is going to suck life out of the church instead of you're going to give, you're always going to have a void there in your life and in your walk with God. You need to go to give as well. That That is an important, there was a stat by Barner recently that showed, you know, what are the five things that guarantee your kids are going to probably stay in church afterwards. And one of them is they say serving as a family. Yeah. If your kids are actually involved in serving at the church rather than just going and sitting there on Sunday, yeah. serving before they turn 16, I think it said, really? because it there's sense. relationships that are formed and they you know start working and seeing the value of what they bring to the table. I want to make another important part on the sacrifice thing, because you always said, it's more important that your kids like your church than that you like your church. If your yeah. kids are finding a place where they go, I want to go back there. And they're excited and thrilled yeah. to go every week because they're like just coming home, like filled with just love for God. You need to be willing to sacrifice your church style for that. And I get it. Like some people go to churches and you say, well, I don't really like this style or that's not truly yeah. worship or whatever. Uh, but your kids are coming back fired up. That's a sacrifice that's worth making. Uh, even if you say, well, I, you know, I'm not sure that, you know, I, I don't know if I can handle this, this, yeah. this kind of church, but your kids are fired up. You need to be willing to make that sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, if you can't handle being in the sanctuary, but your kids are loving it, and and not just loving it because they're getting candy and playground time, but right. they're loving it because they're they're connecting with God, then uh, offer to be an usher and stand out in the foyer and greet people. You don't have to go in there. <laughs> that's that's a bad that's a bad situation. But it would be better that your kids enjoy it because they're they're not going to be with you forever, and in fact, their attitudes are going to be shaped even before they leave you and before they leave home. I mean, when they start hitting their teenagers, they're going to decide if they are, they want to be a part of church or not. Yeah, you know, and so you want to shape those attitudes and make the sacrifices necessary that they love it, they want to go. It becomes a part of who they are, and not just because mom and dad make us go. Well, and that's one of the things too. I think is important to recognize what is your preference and what is a non-negotiable. Because I mean, a yeah. lot of people are like, I'm going to use an extreme example, like, well, we need to go to a King James only version church. I mean, King James was good enough for Jesus; it's good yeah. enough for us, right? Yeah. I'm using extreme example. Very extreme. I don't know a lot of people that way anymore, <laughs> but there are some. There are. And some. And you say, well, that's a non-negotiable. Is it really non-negotiable? Because that's kind of a preference. If your kid is going to a church where they're maybe using the New Living t- Version, or God forbid, the Message, but your kids are getting something from it, they're understanding the principles yeah. through it. Uh, maybe that's something you need to be sacrificing. And you're like, well, I'm not going to go to a church that compromises. Is it really a compromise? Or do you need to sacrifice your own preferences yeah. for the sake of your children? Boy, the problem is a lot of times we think our preference is biblical. Yeah. You know, yeah. we think it's, it's and that that takes a lot. We, we Religion is like barnacles. It just naturally clings to a ship and slows it down and misdirects it and stuff. And And religiosity is kind of that way. Everything that I th- that I prefer, I tend to think it's really critical. I remember I started pastoring a church one time, and they had a particular worship style, and I, I, I it was okay. But I just had to ask them one time to just sort of rattle their cages a little bit. Uh, so this is the kind of worship that really pleases God. Oh yeah, this is what the Holy Spirit is singing to the church. And I said, so, so like, if a if a bunch of group people meet under a tree in China and aren't singing these songs. God's not really okay with that. Well, that, that's so. This is a preference you have. Yeah, it really isn't biblical, but they really thought it was, you know. And so there's a lot of preferences. Real quick story, uh, maybe it's not that quick, but when you were uh, part of a worship band at a church in uh, San Antonio, there, I remember we stopped off to uh, hear you one time, and and uh, at the end of it, you know, it was this, it was a real kicking concert, you know, and there was the lights and everything, and 
people jumping up and down and, you know, the room was darkened and all that. I thought, wow, that was great. You know, it was really, loved it. Good music, you know, great job. Afterwards, you said, so what'd you think? I said, oh, it was great. It wasn't worship though, but it was, it was great. You said, what'd you think of the worship? I said, oh, it was a great, it was a great concert, but it wasn't worship. He said, well, yeah, it was. I go, well, no, Joel, it wasn't. Well, yeah, it was. And I thought, well, I'll just leave him in his ignorance. So I didn't say anymore, <laughs> you know, but, but we went back again a few weeks later and I thought, you know, let me just pay attention to this. And so instead of watching what was going on on the platform and the band and everything, I started watching the people. As young adults, we're connecting with God. And all of a sudden I realized, wow, this is worship mm. because that was the non-negotiable. Are they connecting with God? And they were. And so I realized, my goodness, this is, I, I need, it, it really opened me up to say, I need to, exp- I need to shake some barnacles off me here and realize that God is doing things doing the same thing, but in different ways yeah. in this next generation. Uh, the, this, this, it's interesting, you know, the sacrifice thing is so challenging. In fact, if you, the first relational conflict you see in the Bible is between Cain and Abel, and it all has to do with a sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is Cain, he brings a sacrifice and God doesn't accept it. He accepts his brother's sacrifice, but God, right. Cain gets mad. God says to Abel, or to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, I'll go right with you. If you don't, sin is crouching at your door. That word it's sin, kata, hamartia in Greek, means it's like an archery term. It's just, you uh-huh. missed, you aimed at the wrong thing, buddy. You missed the mark. And he's, it, what he's saying is you can actually make a wrong sacrifice. Just right. because you're making a sacrifice, it doesn't mean it's something that's of value to God and you don't get credit for wrong sacrifices. And a lot of people, they say, I'm sacrificing for my kids, you know, but God's saying that's not the right sacrifice. And the yeah. crazy thing about a wrong sacrifice is you can be sacrificing and think you're really doing right, but you can actually get the same results as actual sin, where you find regret, remorse, broken relationships, because you sacrificed the wrong yeah. thing, for your preferences or whatever. And, and that, I mean, getting this right is so important is what is the right sacrifice for your kids, for your family, and how much did they sacrifice yeah, uh, that's really important. Well, not only might your sacrifice not be pleasing to God, but it may not mean anything to your wife or your kids either. You know, I mean, how many? Well, you, you know, it's the old classical story, you know, where the guy's working all the time. You know, I'm going to give my family all this stuff. You know, and mom and kids are just saying, "We just want you," but it's hard for him to believe that. You know, because he wants to give to them, and so um, you you just have to make sure it's the right sacrifice. It's what's meaningful to. First of all, to the Lord, if you get it right with him, you make the right sacrifice with him, the rest will fall into place. Yeah. It'll be okay. Your kids may not, it may not be their preference. They may wish that you could have bought that nice thing for them or taken them on that vacation or whatever. But ultimately, it's going to work out the best because believe it or not, God knows how this world should work. He yeah. set it up to work. And, and what you sacrifice is speaking volumes to your kids yeah. that this is the right order. Because again, what we sacrifice shows what we value. And what you choose to sacrifice is speaking way louder to your kids than what you say is most important. Right. So you, this is really, you gotta figure out what is the right order? What is the hierarchy of what God values? And you've talked about this before, like you you know, a lot of marriages fall apart after the kids leave the house because they've yeah. been sacrificing their marriage for the sake of their kids. Yeah. And it's a very difficult balance to come to sometimes. Yeah, and so, so the kids have kind of been a buffer for all these years, 18, 20, 25 years, whatever, how many kids you have, whatever. And all of a sudden they're gone and mom and dad are looking at each other going, who are you? I, I, you know, they haven't been related. They have been working on their relationship. And so consequently a kid focused family, it's just, it's just not the way it was meant to be. First of all, it's God focused. And then you focus on your spouse and then the kids will, they would much rather have mom and dad love one another than love them. 
Surveys, statistics prove that. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joelle Malm, visit joellemalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.